Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and cults. cults. Oh my God. My name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. My name is Tony. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process, and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? We had like went to Olive Garden, <laughs> and it was me, my mom, my sister, my brother, and you I came out of Olive Garden. That's the fucking gayest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and cults. cults. I totally forgot to say that. <laughs> I am so, what, it's been like a month. <coughs> we're, we're out of, we're, we don't have the mojo no more. No more mojo. No more mojo no more. <laughs> um, well, we only do it twice a month now. And then uh, you weren't able to do it last time. Were you sick? I think mm-hmm. you were sick, and so it, so it's been li- yeah, it's been like four weeks since we've done the show. It's been it's weird. Yeah, welcome back. I know. Well, thank you. Welcome back to you. Welcome back to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Here we are <laughs> doing things. Did Yay. we since we had a month? Did we plan anything? Absolutely no, not. No, of course not. No. <laughs> Why would we do such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, uh, if anybody doesn't know already, this is a show where we talk about our religious trauma, but in a respectful way. There's not going to be any religious bashing here. We just like to, we like to share our experiences in the hopes that someone else who is also going through this knows that they're not alone. And we like to try to bring light to um, what it's actually like to live in oppressive, toxic religion, um, kind of behind the curtain, looking behind the curtain, not just what you see. You know, I I like to say that everyone's familiar with the overarching idea of religious trauma where it's like, oh yeah, religious people hate gay people and they throw them out on the streets and and scream and yell at them and they have to go, you know, like we're familiar with that and that's tragic. I'm not saying that's not tragic, but there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and there's so much more that happens that builds up to those scenarios and there's so much trauma that happens like and so you know some like for me my experience i always diminished my experience cuz i wasn't kicked out of my house and i didn't come out till I was later and i hit it a lot you know better quote unquote and so i was like well i didn't really you know it wasn't really that bad for me cuz my parents didn't excommunicate me 
but there was so much mm-hmm. trauma that happened um, <coughs> besides that that was just as damaging. Right. That a lot of people I think are in my s- are probably similar to me in that like, well, you know, I didn't have that that media Hollywood, you know, my dad grabs all the stuff out of my room and throws it on the front yard and yells at me that, you know, no, son, in my house is going to be a F slur and you can <laughs> just go live on the streets, you know? Yeah. But and we also didn't get the loving father <coughs> that <laughs> embraces us. And is no. like, oh, yeah, you can be anything, anybody. You, you, you can be whoever you are and whoever you want mm-hmm. as long as you're not a... Republican, you know, like yeah. one of those kind of. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, my dad was a Republican, so he yeah. was. <laughs> no, yeah, I also, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get thrown out of my house because I was gay, but I also had a dad that was so afraid of me being feminine that he had a specific way that he allowed me and disallowed me to get my hair wet to put hair gel in. Mm-hmm. Like he was terrified of me being what he knew I was. You know, yeah, I was. I say this word, and. I you know, I can say this word because I have a gay friend. I was a full-on fucking fag when I was a kid. That's what Trixie says. She goes, I can say it because I have a gay friend. <laughs> um, uh, I was just the epitome of gay. Like I, I bet. I, like, I, I mean, I had, like, the wrists. I had the limp wrists. I, all of the cliches. Like, I wanted to wear dresses. I wanted mm-hmm. to wear. Getting your mama's heels. If I could have, I would have, but I was terrified of my father. I was terrified of my father. I always did it in the laundry room when uh, when my parents weren't down there or whatever. I'd get on, get her heels on. I never... Walk mm, around. I think maybe when I was a young kid, I kind of have this vague memory of me doing it, but it would have been before I knew what I was doing. It wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm wearing heels. It would have been like, I'm wearing mom's shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, I was just the... I wanted to just... I wanted to sing and dance, and I wanted to be on Broadway, and I wanted to just wear long, flowy things, and I always wanted to get... I remember when I was a kid, one of the first Halloween costumes I ever got, my only <laughs> my only requirement was that it was flowy. Mm-hmm. That was it. So instead of getting, like, a cool costume, I ended up getting this, like, rectangle piece of, like, vinyl that has said Bozo the Clown on it, because I wanted something that was flowy. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a time. Uh, so in church growing up, there was um, a kid who was just like a year older than me or so. But his name was Stephen, and not to be confused with my brother, the hetero. <laughs> uh, so Stephen, the other. I was going to say Stephen is a very gay name. So sorry about <laughs> your brother. So Stephen, um, he was extremely. Uh, like just feminine and um, as some people would, I don't know if, is this word still okay flamboyant I think so is I mean I think that's a description like it's it's a it's a verb it's not a you know it's 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 dis- you're describing a behavior flamboyant yeah. is a description I think well very fl- knows feminine you yeah. know flamboyant whatever you want to call it and um, he was bullied by adults yeah Oh, Which yeah. is not a shocker in the church. Oh, surprise, surprise. The worst bullying I ever got was from adults, not, not, a, not oh, people yeah. my age. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And um, he introduced... So, 
He would <laughs> introduce me to gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> we were too young to know about all that. But anyway, he, <laughs> he um he introduced me to it's like a uh, it was a website called Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing anything for your case here. It was a website <laughs> called Big Dick Daddy. <laughs> um, Hotman, triple X dot hotman. Dot org. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was a website. It was like uh, uh, you take celebrities. Okay. It's getting darker. It's getting dark. <laughs> you are you are still like you started at five. You're down to one. Uh, you're getting ready to get no, into the negative. Like you take here. Lindsay Lohan first. Yep. Still, <laughs> still gay. <laughs> and you would dress her up. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So it was like a like a like like a computer version of like paper dolls. Do you know what paper yes, dolls are? Yes, it was paper dolls. Okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was you know, oh. Paper dolls, that unlocks the memory. I used to want to play with my sister's paper dolls so fucking bad. Anyways. It was basically paper dolls on the internet. And it was like... Uh, <laughs> What's that website again? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Go play right now. <laughs> it was so much fun. Like, yeah. I And he introduced me to that. And I was like, oh, because I used to play with like uh, my friend's Barbies, my, oh, my neighbors. Yeah. Uh, I used to play with her Barbies all, all the time. And and uh, anytime her dad would walk in, I'd throw the Barbies down. I'd be like, oh. You know, because... Can't be playing with Barbies as a child. Yeah, but um, he introduced me to that, and I loved that game. Yeah, loved playing dress up. Yes, and so I much. also loved. Um, oh, he was also the one who was, he was in gymnastics, and we went to like go see him do a thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember begging my parents to put me in gymnastics because it looked so much fun. Yeah, you know, especially as and so healthy too, and you learn like. Yeah. Like, that's gymnastics is great. Flexibility, exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they didn't because, um, in their mind, it's a girl's sport. I wanted to do dance so bad. First of all, we just weren't allowed to do dance. Um, I wanted to do, I wanted to play with Barbie. Like, I wanted to do all of the things. Like, I wanted to play with Barbies. I wanted to do dress up dolls. I wanted to, um, have the Barbie house. I wanted to take dance. I wanted to do all of those things, and I wasn't allowed to do any of them. And my the only thing I was was allowed to do would have been allowed to do was play sports, and I fucking hated sports. And not just because it was like, oh, I'm gay, I hate sports, but it was like the whole I'm not coordinated. <coughs> like it wasn't entertaining to me. I couldn't. I mean, now knowing that I'm neurodivergent, it was one of those that like my brain couldn't find a purpose to it. You know, <coughs> and also I just didn't like being dirty and I didn't like being cold and I didn't like, yeah. you know. It's amazing how many parents force their kids into sports, um, especially boys. Yeah. Like, they force their kids into sports and, like, a lot of them don't want to do it. I remember, like, crying to my mom, begging her not to, like, I just didn't want to play soccer anymore. Yeah. It wasn't fun for me. I wasn't mm -hmm. enjoying it. It was something, like, I would have rather have done something else, you know. And she was, and finally she decided to pull me out. But like she forced me to do that shit for so long. Like, what do they think it's going to accomplish? Like, I don't, <coughs> like, what? Do, I don't understand what they think it's going to accomplish. First of all, I was in public school, so I didn't. There was not a lot of it. But like, first of all, 
you think that forcing your kid into sports is going to make them straight. So you take your child, you put them in a group with a bunch of other guys <laughs> wearing really tight clothing, and all they do is smoosh up against each other and get real sweaty, and then after they do that, they all go get naked and shower together. Why do you think I did swimming? So, <laughs> so that, so that you can your child can be straight. Sounds like a great plan, Susan. See, the swimming I, in high school, I did swimming, and oh, I bet that was fun. Oh, the locker rooms. Oh yeah, that's I love. I mean, because the only oh thing oh the swimming. Oh wait, no, wait. yeah no, the <laughs> whatever swimming, whatever. <laughs> locker but the rooms, locker rooms. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. It was all fun. Um, anyway, uh. The only reason I quit that was because of uh, it was financial, which was all of it. If no did you like it though? Did you like swimming? Yeah, the actual I did enjoy it, and I've, I was actually um, the top. Uh, uh, so I was still in the um, what's it called? The beginning, like novice, the the start, the yeah, like the new people being mm -hmm. trained and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I was still part of that um, by the time I quit because of finances. Or I had to work, um, so I could pay for my mother's cigarette. Anyway, <laughs> but she didn't kick you out because you were gay, so no trauma. I didn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In her beautiful, perfect little world, I was a perfect Christian, straight individual who's gonna get married to a woman and have a baby. Anyway, <gasps> so I yeah, half of that. I was, I was. I don't recommend it. I was the, <laughs> I was the top uh, person, and I was like devastated. I'd quit. But um, but th see that was something I chose. That was something I was able to. Yeah. Like I wanted to do swimming, and I yeah. chose it. Um, unfortunately, couldn't because my mother. But the bane, the bane of my existence. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, I've got no contact. So. Good for you. Congratulations. Thanks. It's I recommend to mm -hmm. anybody who, uh, if you just can't handle the abuse anymore and it's just too much, just just. Go no contact. I did it with my dad finally. Like <coughs> I've been no contact with my dad for years, but and I gave him one more chance last Christmas and he fucked it up royally and I'm just like no yeah. more, not at all. He did like fuck it, that up. Yeah, real bad. If I see him at like think like if my nephew has a graduation, or, you know, because now you graduate from every fucking grade, it's it's adorable. But <coughs> or if my you know nephew has a birthday party, I'll be civil to him. But I don't go to holidays over there. We've rearranged our holidays. I talked to. Him. That was a really cool thing. I didn't mean to interrupt your story. Was where are you going? Was there more for that story? I don't know. Did you did you get distracted from the sound also? Yeah. What yeah. was that? <laughs> so <laughs> I could just tell. We both got distracted at the same time. So it's we're like a hurricane outside. No, it's where um, our building, our the record the uh, the station is part of a storage unit. So it's like the oh, it's a there's a couple spaces we've that has been converted into us, and so right next to us is storage unit. So it's someone opening a like a garage door, basically. That's why the building is so much bigger than the station. Yes. So there's other parts of this. Yes, <laughs> indicated by all the garage doors that line up. I thought it was building. just all for decoration. <laughs> so they just built like a long ass fucking building so we could use like a t a small square of it. Things are things are weird. Yeah, the yeah. world is. Yeah, especially. Yeah, <laughs> you who thinks <laughs> that this building is just for this. Well, sue me. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Anyways, yes. <coughs> um, so I'll be civil to him, but we. Yeah, I talked to my family this year again. Reminded them, and I was just like, I can't. Like, we need to 
make a new tradition or start something different. We kind of, and we have, we've rearranged it and we're going to do like basically separate holidays. And yeah, setting up boundaries is extremely important. It's very necessary, very difficult, but very necessary. Yeah. Because like you have to, I mean, you can't just like continue, like, like my sister just recently decided to go into contact with my mom. Um, after just years of abuse, right? And, but uh, she, she just, like, her, like, my sister, every time we talk, my mother is in the conversation. You know, like, oh my God, you know, Bethany's doing this today, or did that, or do whatever. And it's always just like crap. And then, um, and my sister needed a mother at recently, going through something very difficult. Um, and instead of being a mother, she was just her own narcissistic self. And and then told, <laughs> by the end of it, told my sister that she needs to go back to church. And oh that God. is the most, like, disgusting fucking thing you can say. Like, no, actually, she needs you to be a mom. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. She needs her mother. Um, yep. But, yeah. It's just, people are ridiculous in that area. Like, parents need to, uh, they need to get their shit together. Are you distracted? Yeah, I am distracted. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, I are you looking up the weather? Can you <laughs> share to the class? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was trying to organize some music for our next break, and I, <coughs> and I fucked it up, and I got distracted. I'm so oh. sorry. Um, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's so disappointing. I was listening to your story though, and and I can I can only imagine what your sister felt like. There's this specific feeling when you like you need like you want to give your parent another chance. You reach out to them for something important, and you have that hope that they're going to actually be a parent, that they're going to pull through and be a parent mm -hmm. instead of a fucking narcissistic piece of shit. Yeah, and then. You know, like that moment when she says she needs to go back to church or like the moment with my dad when he started being an asshole to my nephews and just was repeating his behavior that he behaved like when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like that moment of just like pure disappointment and, and like betrayal and let down again and you just realize like you don't fucking care about me at all. Like you're... you're your narcissism, your agenda, who you are, whatever it is you're holding on to, is more important to you than even I am. That it's just so devastating. It's so devastating and heart wrenching, and <coughs> it very much feels like grieving the loss of a person. Yeah, you know, that's the only thing I can I can and describe it as. <coughs> like also, that since I went no, con it was this earlier this month when I started the no contact, but I uh, I did get depressed. Because oh, yeah. even though, like, um, like she's caused so much trauma, and I, I even set boundaries where I just don't talk to her very often and kind of, like, stuff like that before, and it was helping with that area. But, like, but going no contact and deciding that, okay, I just can't. I can't have this abuse in my life anymore, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you, d you do kind of grieve. Cause, like, oh, you do, absolutely. Because... <coughs> 
you it's that that hopefulness like you said it's that hopefulness that their your parents going to be a parent mm-hmm. and actually show through action that they care for you and that they love you and that they'll you know be there as a parent and um but it never comes no. it never happens no so i'm, I'm kind of grieving that idea of like yeah like the idea that maybe she could change or mm-hmm. you know that 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 uh, desire to have a mother but mm-hmm. um but it's never going to happen so yeah. i have to like put that i got to let myself kind of grieve that out and move on yeah you know and i'm be a lot happier and healthier and, and that's what a lot you know <coughs> even growing up i heard this a lot and people would tell me even now as an adult you know like like why do you even you know like what's the deal he's such an asshole he's done nothing but horrible things to so you just like write him off and move on with your life and you're like i'm not like i'm not grieving the loss of him i'm grieving the loss of the father i never had the idea of a father, the idea of a supportive parent, like what I wanted him to be, what he could have been. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm grieving the loss of that, you know, and it's not my, not him as a person, not him as like a my father. Like, like I know he's an asshole, but like I'm grieving what I wanted him to be, what he was supposed to be, what he told me he was going to be and then didn't, you know? Yeah. Like you're grieving that that idea that that like you know it's I I don't know if this is applicable or if this makes sense but I talked to a therapist because I have a lot of anxiety a lot of social anxiety and <coughs> we were talking about the the difference between like perceived threats versus actual threats so like even though I've never been particular like I've never been physically assaulted for being queer in Humboldt County, I know that there are people who would do it in Humboldt County. Mm-hmm. So then like I'm basing my actions off that perceived threat. And that's valid because it, it could happen. You know, even though it hasn't, it very well could. <coughs> and so my grief is my grief is based on um my grief is not based on what he is, it's what on based on my perception of what he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that's devastating. You yeah. Know? It's kind of like a cup that's never gotten filled. Mm-hmm. And you're always hoping that it gets filled. Because you're thirsty. You're, you're yeah. desperate for it. And then when filled. you finally realize it's not going to get filled and you shut the abuser out, mm-hmm. you just kind of like, kind of sit down and you're just like, hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a bummer. But, <coughs> but at the same time, you know, somebody who's con- like, even in relationships, abusive relationships, you know, you give somebody a chance, you give somebody another chance, another chance, another chance, another chance. Like, there just comes a point where you have to realize that they're either not going to change or they just don't care to change. And there's so much, especially like, <coughs> especially if you didn't come out till you're an adult and. It's very difficult for me to put into words, but I, <coughs> I'm i grieving the loss of a father. I'm grieving the fact that I will never have a father. I'm grieving the loss of... Um, I'm grieving the loss of the person I could have been if I had a supportive father, parent. I'm grieving the loss of all the time that I spent on trying to maintain a relationship with him. 
all of the parts of me that I compromise and sacrifice to try to keep him happy, to try to keep him in my life, to try to make him proud of me, all of those things, mm -hmm. all of that time, all of that effort, all of that energy, all of me that I put into it to try to make it work. Yeah. And I can't get that back. And so then when you come to that point of where you realize it's never going to work, you know, it's like, you know, you put thousands of dollars into a project and then you have to turn that, then that project is just, you have to stop. You're not, you can't just regain that thousand dollars because the project didn't work, you know, like it, it's gone. Mm -hmm. That time's gone. That part of you is gone. Like you have to start from this point on and that's very devastating and very difficult to reconcile. You know, people say, I hate when people say like, oh, you just gotta like, you just gotta keep going forward. You just gotta move on from this point. You just gotta start from now and move on. I'm like, that's not realistic. <laughs> you know, it's not easy to just like cut your losses and move on. It's very difficult, you know? Yeah, well, I get it, the idea of like perseverance, you know, cause yeah. you can't just, you can't sit in a bad spot for too long. You're gonna suffer. No, but what I'm referring to is when people are like, you know, like, uh, just like get over it, basically. Yeah, just get over it, basically. Just like, yeah. you've got your whole life ahead of you. Just forget about it and go f and move on. And you're like, no, that's not how things work. Also, I, it like, I have, I, I am where I'm at right now. And I have all of those years that I can't get back, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I'm dealing with that now a lot. Like, just because of my age and feeling like where I'm at. Like, I feel like my life is kind of like starting, like, I feel like I should be like 20, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like going to college and getting a degree and then seeing where my life goes and seeing, you know, all of these things. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm fucking 40 years old. I'm going to be 40 years old in less than two weeks. And babe, 40 is the new 25. <laughs> tell my knees and my back that <laughs> <laughs> they my won't hips. listen. Yeah. <laughs> it, <coughs> but it's, it's like, I, I feel like, it's very difficult to reconcile. It's very difficult to reconcile what you can be, what you could do, what you will do, and where you're at. You know, like, I feel like I could build a really strong life on the foundation that I have right now, but so much has happened to me that it's very difficult. My energy levels are different. My desires are different. You know, like, I'd rather be, like, settling into the life I created as opposed to trying to start a life if that makes sense, you know? And so there's a lot of nuance. Yeah, there, and then there's just, there's a lot of grief. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to grieve the life you've lost while trying to um, move into the life you want. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a very difficult duality to live. And also everything's like, uh, not everything's like black and white. It's very like, like things are different like us uh, for instance i'm upset more so of the fact that i'm no contact with my mom but i've also gone no contact with my dad but we haven't talked we only ever say happy birthday <laughs> yeah or yeah. merry christmas that's it actually we don't even say merry christmas just happy birthday and then through text and we've done that for the past pff, five years and, and you're fine with that? Like, it doesn't bother you? Well, like, it's gotten to the point, like, why am I still talking to him? Oh, I see, I see. Like, yeah. what's the point? You yeah. know, like, this is, like, we're not friends. No. 
you know, like You're if, barely acquaintances <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I know. But like uh, you know, I was young. I was young when I had to come to the to terms about my father being distant. I had I was young and it was very heartbreaking and um, I went through that process a long time ago. I have like totally forgiven him at the not like like I forgive him in like a way that's like like when you forgive somebody it doesn't mean you have to no. reach out to them and try to talk to them and shit like that. On that I have just real fast I heard a saying my favorite show I've talked about a million times once upon a time it's cheesy, it's whatever, but there's some good writing in there, and there's a line in there where someone does something really horrible. It's like the evil queen is the you know the main character, and she has a great arc where she ends up redeeming herself, and then someone else goes evil and does something horrible, but it's like for to you know because it's she thought she was saving someone, and then when she realizes she fucked up, she apologizes to the evil queen, who's you know now a good person, and. Um, she says, you know, I'm so sorry. Do you forgive me? And she says, and the evil queen says, I don't forgive you, but I understand you. And I was like, that was so powerful to me because it's <coughs> like, yeah, like I don't forgive you. What you did was wrong and that will never change. But I understand why you did it and who you are and what you're doing. Like, I understand you. You know, like I get it, but it's not okay. Anyways, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt your story, but that blind is so powerful and was so applicable. Yeah. I, I see personally as, like, the word forgiveness is, like, everybody has different, like, ideals about it. But, like, I don't... Forgiveness for me is, like, deciding that this person has no more power over me. Sure. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like basically being, like, okay, enough. Yeah. Um, and then I... And then once that umbrella is lifted then I really don't care. I, I mean, I, I hope the best for my dad. I hope he has sure. a wonderful sure. rest of his life, and I hope he has happiness and finds, I hope he gets educated. <laughs> or, you yeah, know, totally. whatever. Get some help, get some therapy. I hope, I, you know, wish the best for him, but yeah, but like, not going to be part of my life. But he has no more power over me. Yeah. And so, but right now, my mother still has power over me, mm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even though I'm no contact with her now, like, it's still that weight there's still that thing there, and I know it's going to be a process, just like it was with my dad. Um, but luckily with with my dad, I don't know if the luckily is a good word, but I had to, I was forced to go through that process early on, uh, like years yeah. ago. Yeah. So, and... Um, and your brain was still squishy. Yeah. <laughs> and malleable. It could heal easier. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can't, so I'm on the other side of that fence, basically. Yeah. You know, but with him. So, like... Like it, it so didn't. So you're kind of at a place where like you've been through this before and you know it's gonna suck, but there, but you can see a destination. Yes. You can see an end to this. Yes. See, for me, I've never experienced that. Like my mom, I, I, I adore my mom. We don't agree on a lot of things, but she's nice and 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 we have a we have a relationship based on what we can. You know, um, I think she'd be a lot different if she get away from my dad. But like I don't. Everything, it's. It's still so weird because for my family, it's like, even though my dad is the problem for everyone and he is still who he is, everyone still caters to him. Yeah. And everyone still includes him. And so it's like me and him, you know, like they have to cater to him and then they have to cater to me because I won't, you know, I won't associate with him 
and they understand why and support that, but they're also not going to exclude him because they can't because of their own issues. And so it, it's, it's this weird thing because where I'm like, if I walk away fully from him, if I walk far enough away from him, it will, I will leave my family because they will stay with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about choosing. It's just about they're going to include him in everything they do. So if I fully cut him out of everything in my life, it will be cutting them out as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where, like, major boundaries just have to come in hand. It's really shitty. It's really rough because... Yeah. But also, I want to add, though, that there is a difference between, like, okay, so with my dad and with my mom, right, mm-hmm. there's a difference, um, huge difference, actually, with the uh, the grieving cycle. Because with my dad, it was like, oh, why doesn't my dad love me? Like, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. This one is different because me, I had a codependency on my mom. We were codependent That's for right. years. That's right. And yeah. she manipulated me in such a way that I was like, I was in her pocket. Mm-hmm. And um, she was my quote, like, I used to call her my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, even though it was abusive. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize it at yeah. the time. But, you know, so she has, it's going to be a different process than my dad. You know, it's going to be a different process. It's going to be a different journey. Yeah. But I know. I know, because, like, right now I feel, I'm feeling better already, like, just from not talking, like, from when I started cutting down on talking to her, I started feeling better because I don't have that constant stress. And then... Having that anxiety taken away. And then now that I'm no contact, of course, there's that grieving process, but at the same time, I, I am also, like... I'm sad, but I'm not anxious and angry and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. You know, like, it's just kind of like, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Well, you have also distance, too. I've always wanted I that. had to do that. I, I moved here. The th- okay, so I moved here the third time. Uh, the first time was for the cult. The second mm-hmm. time was to, well, get away. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, still a part of the church a little bit. And then the third time... I just had to get the fuck away from her, mm-hmm. you know? And I moved here with, like, 200 bucks in my pocket. I remember that. <laughs> Over no, fucking remember. night. Yeah, I remember. But, like, yeah, and distance. Sometimes, like, sometimes you have to do that. Like, if you're in an abusive relationship... You have you to go sometimes. Yeah, you have to go. Sometimes you have to drop everything I mean, and move the fuck away. I genuinely think that, like, <coughs> I should have left. I think I'd be in a much better space if I left a long time ago. You know, before my sister had kids, before even if even before I came out, I think I wish I wish I would have left, you know. If I had moved immediately, you know, once I realized my dad was abusive, I just if I would have just as soon as I could have packed my bags and left, I think I'd be in a much better space, but I was codependent as well. I was still very much manipulated. I was, you know, in a very, I had been raised in a very strong cult, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that my situation was more, that's why I referred to it as a cult, because it was so, there was a, there was a codependent aspect of it. I was actually talking to my sister, who I really want to have on the podcast um, soon. I would love to meet her. I haven't met her yet. Oh my God. You would adore her. She's, if she's 
almost as funny as I am. <laughs> I mean, you ask her, she'll say the same thing about me. <laughs> oh, God. It's going it to be like two... toss-up. It's going to be like two eight of the river. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> a lot of people think we're twins, actually. We're only 16 months apart, but a lot of people think we're twins. Um, it's, yeah, it's really funny. But we were talking about, you know, because she's still Christian, loves God, goes to church, raises mm-hmm. her kids in church, but fully accepts me, <coughs> loves me, um, her husband now was not raised in, or did he have a religious background? I, I think he had a religious background. I can't remember, but he moved away from that. You know, uh, he had gay friends. He's like, like that queerness is not a weird thing for him. Wasn't, isn't it? So it was like, they're fine with me and every, you know, who I yeah. am and, and, and everything. Look, religion minus the bigotry. We love to see it. Totally. Like, it, it, it provides structure and hope for her that I'm glad she has, you know? And it's her faith in God has got her through a lot of things, you know? And mm-hmm. that's great. I'm ha- I love that. If yeah. that's what it does for you, good for you. I'm, I fully support that. It's Religion is not the problem. It's, you know, all of the other shit. <laughs> the bigotry and the, the homophobia, the transphobia, the hatred, the, you know... Yeah, I see. Like I like to say, I don't. I don't have a problem with uh, spirituality or religion. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with systematic religion. Yeah, because it's intentionally used to control, manipulate, and. I mean, I feel the same. Steal. I feel the same thing about, like, that that religion that you're talking about. They do capitalism. Like, I don't have a problem with money. I have a problem with capitalism. You know, I don't have a problem with, with structure. I or 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 faith or spirituality. I have a problem with you know toxic religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking about just how like she said she read something recently. She found it for me. Um, actually, I should never send it to me. We should post it on our um, Instagram because it was a really good thing. It was someone in ministry saying that like going through all of these like you should never be afraid to go to a meeting with your pastor or someone in religion you should you know you should never like a, a, a pastor should never invade your personal time with a s- text that says like we need to talk when can you you know those kinds of things like Ugh, i just got triggered yes exactly so that's what we were talking about <laughs> is that like they were and and it w- this person is a religious person, but they were very like clear. They were like, if it's this, that is not good leadership. That is abuse. I don't remember what the words they used, but basically that they were like that is narcissism or that's manipulation. Or yeah, that's, you know that's abuse. That's not good leadership. And I was like, that is so powerful because that's all it was for us. Yeah, our bad pastor was all about. He was a narcissistic, like narcissistic like toxic masculine person who just got off on controlling people and wanted to manipulate people and control everyone's life Mm -hmm. and um he was just an awful person and that's all it was anytime the pastor wanted to talk it was terrifying we were i lived in constant fear that either my pastor or my dad was going to see me doing something bad you know and we had to ask permission to they should not be in the same category no not at all, but it was like this. I think I've talked about this about the hierarchy. Is that like mm-hmm. you had to gain the approval of your parents, and if you could do that, then you had to gain the approval of the pastor, and then if you could do that, then maybe you could gain the approval of God. But it was impossible to gain approval of anyone. 
yeah. for me, you know, and I tried, I tried so hard. And that, that fundamental, that like, that's why I say that validation is the strongest magic is, is that, and that comes from me not getting it as a kid, me desperately wanting the approval and trying so hard to get the approval of my father, essentially, and fundamentally being someone who couldn't. Like, I could never be good at sports. I could never be masculine. I could never, ever, I just, fundamentally who I am could never meet those standards, ever. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that, but then trying so hard to do that is, I don't even know how to express how devastating that is mm-hmm. for a child, you know, to, and I think that's a very universal experience for queer people in toxic religion, mm-hmm. you know, is you're just desperately trying to be something. I love queer people without religion. Oh, totally. Absolutely. That toxic masculinity, when, you know, that's in the family and the hierarchy and like it exists thanks to colonialism and white supremacy and whatever the fuck. Like, it's just like so dumb. People, it's so, it's so outrageous for me when people say, like, why do we still have pride? Like, gay people are fine. Ugh. Like, everything, we're so much better now. And I'm like, if it was better, we wouldn't, there wouldn't have, <laughs> if it was fine now, there wouldn't have been such a social media uproar when Heartstopper came out. You know, like, <laughs> there wouldn't have been so many gays making TikToks about how it hit them so intensely. Like, if gay people were fine, we, su- we wouldn't still need coming out stories to be in the media. You know, we wouldn't still need to represent something that was fine. Like, it's still an issue. It, toxic religion removed. Toxic masculinity is still a huge issue. Like, yeah, like, queer, like, young queer men, gay men are still nervous to come out to their fathers because they're afraid it's going to be a disappointment. Like, mm-hmm. people still have to come out. Yeah. People still have to come out. It's like, no matter how accepting someone you are, if someone still feels the need to come out about someone who that they love or are attracted to, mm-hmm. there's still an issue. Yeah. It's still not considered the norm if there's still a coming out process. Even this, like, the... Especially around uh, like trans women, oh, like it's hor horrible. The things that you hear about mistreating um, children who mm-hmm. just want or you know your kids, mm-hmm. like their own kids. Who would take? Who would treat their kids so poorly, and and just because they want to? You know they're like, oh, can I please get this dress? And then you decide to like, tr- like, just manipulate or abuse them just for wanting a dress. Oh, totally. You know, or shit like that. Like it's it's intense. Or not letting them do gymnastics because <laughs> it's too that's too feminine apparently. <coughs> I have. I go from zero to a hundred when it comes to kids. I don't I don't like kids, as in in the, and I make a joke about that a lot. I'm not a kid person. I don't want to be a fucking school teacher. I don't want to work at a daycare. I don't want to have children of my own. I love my nephews dearly. I enjoy spending time with them. 
for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like to give them back when yeah, you're done. Exactly. <laughs> I like to be able to go home to a quiet house with no children. <laughs> but to me, there is absolutely no excuse and no reason to harm a child in any capacity. And and you know you like I will do anything to protect my nephews. I will do anything. Like I mean that was what it came down to for Christmas. Like I was fine. I went into it very positive. I was giving my father a second chance. I was super excited. I went to my parents' house for Christmas, which is the first time I'd done that in like years, years. And I was fully ready to have a wonderful Christmas with my family and try to like make amends with my father and he started being not abusive, but just even just being unacceptable, exhibiting unacceptable behavior towards my nephew, and I was done. I was I went from like fine to like I'm never talking to you again. Like immediately. Like there's no room for discussion. There's no wiggle room. There's nothing. When it comes to children, support them, fucking love them. There's no excuses. I it, it just it makes me sick to my stomach to think. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Just thinking of my nephews, you know, if any one of my nephews, if either one of my nephews at any point came to me and was just like, I want to wear a dress. I think it might be a girl or anything. I can't imagine any of, like, taking them and being like, I no longer love you. Like, get out of my house. I never want to see you again. Like, mm -hmm. I can't imagine that. I can't there is nothing in my brain that can even fathom treating them like that. Yeah. Like, what kind of person calls themselves a parent and is willing to let your child ruin your child's life just because they want to wear a dress or they want to wear pants or they want to get their hair cut short or they think there might be a man or a girl or, or neither? you know mm -hmm. or something in between or it changes from day to day like it shows that you value social um hierarchy and social structures more than your own physical flesh and blood yep you value the opinions of strangers the over your own children your own children yeah it's so selfish it's so yeah in my opinion like immature I, disgusting just the worst of the worst it's slimy trash mm -hmm. like it, uh, it's so crazy because yeah. you 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 respect uh, a um, you respect a, a made up social world, an idea, a made up thing, over your own actual kids. Yep. So they have to fit the standard of social society and what they say deems your child needs to be. Mm -hmm. So if your child is if their sex is male, then they have to be their gender has to be male, and they gotta wear. Uh, blue, even though back in the day pink was masculine, you nothing's know, like real. Nothing's, nothing's real. real. It's fake. It's all Everything, fake. It's made fake up and recent. Like the whole yes. blue pink thing was like in the early 1900s, <laughs> like 40s, like 50s, maybe <coughs> 30s, 40s at the early, like at the latest, maybe or I mean, maybe 50s. I mean, oh my God, the the French king back in uh, the uh, what 1700s or whatever was wearing. Wearing wigs, and ever all the men wore wigs. Wigs were made for men. And they wore heels. Heels, heels were made were for were men. Robes were made like skirts and yep. pantyhose yep. and yep. makeup and yep. like that was all masculine. It was all for men. That was, it was all masculine. All for men. Yep. 
exactly. considered manly, manly pink men. Pink was considered a, uh, the, a manly color until marketing. It was just marketing. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll just make it blue. Cool. Blue is the boy's color now. Yeah. That's it. So nothing is real. Everything you think are these masculine standards were literally just made up, just not real at all. So if your child wants to wear a fucking dress, let them wear a dress. What the hell's the problem? I heard, I heard it put really well on, I think I saw it on TikTok of all places, where a parent said, I would rather learn new pronouns for my child every day than to have to write their obituary. Yeah. And I was like, that's a fucking good parent, because that's exactly the comparison. You think that's an extreme example? It's not. That and is not an extreme example. That is an absolute reality. What's sad is I've heard the opposite. I've heard people say they would rather their kids die than them be queer in any way. And most of these most of these parents are religious. Of course. So they believe that their child will go to hell if they decide to wear a dress. <laughs> if they decide to uh, that they're non binary or if they're so if they're non binary or trans or gay and any or queer in any form. They're going straight to hell. So therefore we I would rather them die in the closet, then them come out and be happy. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think this. My sister and I might have been talking about this. Not about this. We weren't talking about it in relation to gender and sexuality and stuff. But, um. So, you, so the the fact that that people think that and they think that. That God is omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful, and he created a perfect humanity. And you think that the God that is that powerful and is that, like, is All-knowing. All-knowing, all-everything, just the perfect being is so fucking structured and limited by society? Yeah. By society. A thing that his creation created now limits him you think that he's so limited by our understanding of his creation so you so so and you think you think that a god who made a creation that he loves enough to die for thinks that that love ends at oh i was born with this set of genitals but i don't think that i identify with what society has said is appropriate for that set of genitals. You think that an all-powerful, all-knowing being is limited to that mindset. Yeah. It's a very tiny box you put your God in. Yeah. No, you are full of shit. Yeah. And you don't deserve to be a parent. Mm -mm. You don't deserve to have children. Like, that has nothing to do with God. That has nothing to do with religion. That has nothing to do with spirituality. God is not like that. You are not serving God. If God is real, I don't particularly believe he is, but if God is real, <laughs> going on your, you are not serving him. Yeah. That's the thing, is that you are, you are not serving God. God would not do that. Right. Period. And Read even the fucking Bible. According to the Bible. Yes. Okay. And the reason why we pick on Christianity is because we were Christians. Okay. It's exactly. 
It'd be different. If it's we like saying faggot. I can say faggot because <laughs> I have a gay friend. <laughs> I can talk about Christians because I was so, one. I, I, I can just hear like my dad in the back of my head being, "Why don't you talk about Muslims?" Uh, because we grew up Christian, not we grew Muslim. up Christian. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's because that's our bone to pick. Write what you know about. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, in the Bible, it is facts, absolute facts. The Bible's or uh, the Bible, that God is transgender because God is non-binary. Yeah, he's neither male nor female. It neither, says that in the Bible. And uh, both masculine and feminine, constantly different throughout the Bible, being masculine and feminine, and going back and forth, mm-hmm. and like like being the most non-binary transgender person yeah ever and we're gonna sit here and now i don't think god'd be very happy about you abusing his his fucking his queer family yeah exactly <laughs> also it's like look at the bible like they were trying to they were trying to stone someone because they they found her for they found her committing adultery and he was like yeah whoever's perfect can basically murder her if you have never done anything wrong ever in your entire life, then you can stone this person to death. Mm-hmm. Like, Guess go what? Ahead. No one fucking could because no one's fucking perfect. No one has the right to judge anyone else for anything. And guess what? Guess who didn't judge that person? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus did not judge that person. Jesus also allowed himself, allowed his feet to be washed by a prostitute, mm-hmm. which is the most like which humbling, is scandalous, very scandalous. Like having someone wash your feet is very like humbling. It's it's an honor. Like it's like a like a it, it was a, it was a huge thing in their culture that but that and so letting a prostitute wash your feet was like I, I can't especially a, like a woman too with like, her hair too with her hair which it's even more like and he allowed that mm-hmm. you know and like back in that back in that day in that culture that was considered like. An abomination. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like Jesus, Jesus was a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've said this before that I've said this before that G- if, if Jesus came back today, you would be more likely to find him at a pride parade than you would oh, in a church. No, if Jesus or at a protest. If Jesus returned, right? Mm. If so and so, all this stuff is real, and Jesus returned. I would say 90%, maybe more, of the Christians would not recognize him. No. They would not recognize him. Be- they would, they would, they would uh, try to kill him mm-hmm. because he would be standing up for the queer community. He would be standing up for the oppressed. He'd be standing with Palestine. He would be standing for the people who are being murdered and abused and, uh, on the daily like people don't understand, they would not recognize him, and they would try to kill him. The irony, the irony that if Jesus came back today, it would just be a complete repeat of the crucifixion. Yep, repeat. they would nothing. They have the they, same. Humanity has learned nothing. Nothing. Like the like the Christian community, the toxic Christian community has learned nothing. Yep. You got the same Pharisees that were talked about in the Bible and the, uh, 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 that Jesus hated so much that he constantly, Jesus never rebuked anybody but Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Not once. He rebuked only Pharisees and those people who are so haughty and thought themselves of being so, you know, above anybody else. And he rebuked them. Those same Pharisees in the Bible are the same Pharisees that we see walking around mm-hmm. us today. They're the same people at our local church. Are the same people 
who are who like would homophobic signs in their church's front yep, yard yep. and who would who would stand for murdering queer people or murdering uh, brown people or just mass genocide who would stand for that kind of stuff because you know God Jesus. and they want to label God that, that's using God's name in vain by the way oh yeah fucking saying that, God damn it has nothing to no, do with Jesus God no <laughs> using that God, is not cursing that's literally using God's yeah. name in vain is, is doing something that is just simply against the nature of God and then using his name to justify it that's using God's name in vain so if you guys are doing that please stop that please stop. that's God don't like that yeah Myself and Jesus are not happy. <laughs> <laughs> you've ups- you've upset us all. You've upset us all, exactly. <laughs> You're in timeout now. We need to play a song just so we can both like calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breath. Never gonna change. God, that song is so good. It was getting to the good part, but we sorry folks. It goes on it for like goes- another three. It's like two songs in one. It's a very long song. <laughs> like any kind of churchy gospel song, it goes on. Yeah. For <laughs> as long You're as like ready to go home to like, Sister yeah. Susan is coming <laughs> in with the... Have you seen that? There's this TikTok of this woman who's like, there's this choir that like, it sounds like they're going to stop and then it keeps going and it yeah. sounds like it's going to stop. <laughs> and she like, um, <laughs> she like grabs her purse and they say, ah. Oh. <laughs> and she like grabs her purse and she's getting ready to walk and she starts she's like oh okay she it back down again and then oh, it's, oh okay then she grabs her purse and then they start again she says it by the time she's just like like so angry it's so I wish I could find it again it's so funny I think I've seen that oh god so that's how it was too I swear to god that was, like it just never ended duh you could not go home until the last person was what we called like Sober, like because we would say they were drunk in the spirit. Yeah, so yeah. Like last person <laughs> yeah. was like sober. The irony, <laughs> the irony that all of those times being drunk in the spirit made me want to be drunk in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we had to. You had to wait. You had to had wait till Sister Susan sobered up from the spirit, which yep. took another half hour past every sure time. Oh, one else. Did. She she doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, she's fucking retired. Doesn't have anything. She's supported by her husband. She just goes home and raises kids the next day, which she doesn't even probably do that because they don't have kids because she's 107 years old. <laughs> she's running around the church like she's 47. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, she's running around the church like she's 100. That's why it takes so long. <laughs> that half an hour is for her to make her lap. Oh, God. I remember the first time uh, I went to a charismatic church and it was it was a full-on Pentecostal. It was my yeah, the guardian. We my guardians were Pentecostal. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, I went to their church, and um, that was the first, because I grew up Baptist in a very, or, like, a very not charismatic Baptist church. So, like, the first pastor was, it was very conservative, very, like, mm-hmm. every now and then you'd see somebody, like, raise their hand yeah, to praise God, and that's about it. And then the second pastor came, and he was a little bit more open to the charismatic scene. Like, he would be up there kind of, like, yeah, he'd be up like there. The emo scene. <laughs> <laughs> the scene. Yeah, he'd be more like he'd be up there and kind of throw his hands up and cry and kind of give everybody else in the church permission to, to kind of be, be dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and then the, but the first time, like a full actual charismatic, like the cult I was in, uh, just recently or well, but 
the most recent cult experience exactly. you've had. Yeah. yeah, how many years ago was that? Five? Oh. I don't know. But anyway, um, that was char- very charismatic. But the first time, it was a Pentecostal church, and I went to the I went to their church, and I remember being like scared. It's fucking weird. I remember being like, "What the hell is going on?" There were people shouting in tongues. There were people. Ra- there was one guy who literally ran around, yeah. hitting, banging the walls of the congregate, the church, like, and sprinting, mm-hmm. sprinting, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I looked over at my guardians and I'm like, are y'all okay with this? And they're, they're like, yeah. They're like, this is what it's <coughs> like. Yeah, we had people that would, we would jump. Mm-hmm. We would run around the church. Like literally, like run around yeah. the outer edge of the church. Unless you were old, then you'd run around the middle of the church. It's <laughs> a shorter lap. Shorter lap. Um, and we would like shout, dance in the spirit, which was just like losing your fucking mind and like, flailing your arms or spinning around. Everyone had their own unique dance, you know? Yeah. Just like some people would spin, some people would stomp, some people would like move their arms. It was so, it's so weird to think about now. Ironically, it looks like a, a lot like a drag queen when they like, then they're fucking losing their shit and flipping their <laughs> hair around. And yeah. Doing all that looks like that a It lot. felt good doing it though, like, so because it was, I mean, first of all, it's, Oh, uh, I have theories. I have lots of theories. Uh, freedom, have of to say. freedom of expression yes. in that area, like being able to move your body around like that in a society where you're not allowed to move mm-hmm. your body and do, like as a child, you know, we're told not to flail our arms or when we get the like kind of zoomies or whatever you call yeah. it and like we maybe want to like get the energy out. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. told at a very young age not to do that yeah. and to just be still. So when you get to when you get older and you start go in this charismatic movement, um, it feels really good to be yes. able to move your body and to just kind of have that free expression yeah. and just let all that energy out. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very nice. I mean, it you could do it in your nice. bedroom. You could dance. You, you could do, dance I mean, in your bedroom. You could. I think that is a fundamental and essential experience to human beings and that's one of the things when I talk about that one of the most detrimental things toxic religion has done is take fundamental human experiences and and convince you that it's only for religious experiences. Yeah. So I think that's the one thing that I've missed is that is that complete freedom and that was I was surprise surprise a very charismatic person. I love mm-hmm. to run and jump and dance and spin and sing and I was just so dramatic and loved that experience lived for that experience and and I have not been able to find that experience since I came since I left the church because it has been so attached to Jesus and religion and that yeah that I, and and I'm so wound up tight inside I can't find it anywhere else well so especially as for um, queer individuals, um, but even just anybody in society, there's so many rules and so many like you're just caged up. So when you get that moment to exp- to just let it all out and to dance and to sing and to just do whatever, cry if you want to, you can laugh if you want to, like there's freedom to do that in some of these churches. And it's extremely powerful because... And it's not, you can believe what you want, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's not like 
God. No. It's like it's your humanity. It's humanity. It's your it's that energy. Like it's energy and it's humanity. It's magic. Yeah. You know, like that that that's what I think it is. It's you take a group of people, they come together, there is full validation, acceptance, and encouragement. And music. And music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything like, humans, humans are supposed love. to dance. Humans yeah. are supposed to move. Humans are supposed to be And so many cultures. Yes. They they're like in so many cultures throughout the world, um, uh, like for years and years and years since the beginning of humanity, like there's been just music, there's been movement, there's been yeah. dance, there's been songs, there's been singing. There's it's it's letting all that energy loose yes. because like it's we're just, that's that's, that's what art. This, everything's built on. That's what that's what this world is. It's an exchange of energy and art and mm-hmm. expression. And yeah. And 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 finding people of like mind to experience, you know, the the people who want to have a ton of energy and want to around and dance and sing and scream, and the, you know, they have their group, and the people who like to be more solemn and and express through like quieter music or words or books or whatever, like that, right. like everyone has their place and their and their and and the the environment was this perfect, like. I felt like it was like a re- a perfect harmony of validation and acceptance, and everyone was in the same mind. Everyone was there for the same reason. Everyone was looking and searching for the same thing, and that yeah. like that common that everyone coming together and for an, an common ground creates like a really beautiful, like magical environment where you can be free and. And you you know you're not going to be judged. Yeah. You know that whatever you do is going to be accepted. Like you know that who you are fundamentally is going to be validated. There's such a freedom in that that yeah. is very difficult to replicate. And unfortunately, they take that and they label it and they put it in a box. Mm-hmm. And then they call it they call it religion and Jesus and and, and that's the only the, the spirit, spirit and mm-hmm. and oh by the way give us money because because yep. this is freedom of expression and this really art is yeah. what it is just to be human um you're gonna need to pay us now for that because you know the closest i've ever come to feeling that is um on stage at a drag show yeah the closest i've ever come to experiencing it i actually um so i'm a custodian mm-hmm. at, and so i have the freedom of listening to music and being in a classroom by myself because nice. I, I clean up at night mm-hmm. and I lock down the school, so I'm the last person there. And um, I, there's a, we have a music room, and it's got a big old carpet and everything. And I will, like, uh, most days, I'll actually, like, do a little dance. Okay. I'll, like, just dance and, okay. like, listen to some music and get, like, get all that energy. Fl- and, like, it feels just like it did back then. It feels like, like this burst of energy and this, like, light and all this mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and, like, and, um, without the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see, I, that's one thing I haven't been able to, I have wanted, I've taken dance classes, I've drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this turned into AA real quick. No, I'm saying Hi, I'm, I'm Aiden. I, <laughs> I drink I, a lot. I've, I've done all of the, th- I've, I have searched so many ways to find that, and I cannot, even in my own home, even when by m- myself, I cannot re- like let go. Yeah, I am so anxious. I'm so pent up. I'm so like ev- my environment. I have to be so controlled. I can't let go. Mm-hmm. And it's really, 
it's really unfortunate because I just feel like I'm like missing out on a lot of experiences in life because I'm so like bottled up, you know. You know what's a an easy one or because this is that's a real thing. Like it's like this weird uh, because of the religious trauma. There's this weird like um, discomfort almost to try mm-hmm. to find that outlet or whatever um, that seems familiar to the charismatic movement. Um, but I started doing something that was actually, like, it gave me that, that, like, just, but there's, uh, it gave me all that, like, feeling, you know, and the mm-hmm. goosebumps and all that kind of, like, you know, swelling and, and whatever you want to call it, the energy. Yeah. Um, but I pr- will listen to, like, an orchestra or a choir, and yeah. I will pretend to be the, yes. um, doing, leading that. the choir or orchestrating the music. Because yeah. for some reason, some about that collective, like, um, I don't know, that, that, like I, collective mindset, like, my, like, like, yeah, that, like what I was talking about, like a, a, a common ground, a goal, a common vision, focus, like all know? being in unity. Yes. And like, it just makes me feel so good. You know what? The only, you know what? <laughs> I will, my place like that is, is when I'm in my car and I'm, and I'm driving somewhere and I'm listening to a song and I'm planning out like a performance. Like oh I usually God, say yeah. like a drag performance, but in my head it's a full on Yeah. It's a full production. Stage, lights, mm-hmm. actors, the whole thing. When I'm planning a show, when I'm planning a number, choreographing a number in my head, I will start crying. Like when I know it's a good one and I come up with a good plan, I will like start weeping. Because mm-hmm. I that's it's that same feeling, yeah. Same like, I've connected with s- the energy, the world, like like, and that's what I'm having a hard time with. Is I feel like, like that's when I get that, that, and stories and writing and like I really do love drawing, but I'm not entirely sure if that's just a hobby or like a part of this artistic expression. But like, that's how I connect. That's how I connect with like the energy is through performance yeah. and chore- you know, choreographing performance and envisioning performances and, and I'm not doing that, you know, and, and, and I think it's, I think it's really important to connect with the energy in that way. Like that, that's how I do it. That's, that's, and, and I'll genuinely just start weeping in my car when I've, and sometimes it's like a silly performance, but I know it's going to be a good one, you know, mm-hmm. but most of the performances I envision are, are very like, you know, powerful, and they have a message, and, and there's yeah. a point to them. You know, right? That's how I, that's that's where I connect. But and so, uh, you know, so then it's like, so then my question is coming from that. What 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 do we do? You know, how do you, like, how do you chase that? You know, like where does the compromise come from? Because that's kind of the struggle where I'm at, where I'm, I'm, I'm in this. I do feel, I genuinely, <laughs> this sounds so cliche, but I genuinely do feel like I'm at like a crossroads in my life where I can like, I can pursue the, the comfortable and safe, where I can pursue the risky but, you know, passion, and and you know how do you how do you, how do you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reconcile that you know like, especially people with a lot of trauma. If you have a lot of trauma, then you've suffered and you and you've you've struggled. You know, usually financially because it's difficult to hold down a job. 
difficult to do jobs. Like I'm, I'm struggling with that now where I've got this wonderful job with wonderful coworkers, but I can't mentally and physically do it anymore. It's just too much. Just, just, it's just too much. And so, th you know, you struggle financially, you struggle mentally, you work extremely hard to get safe and stable. And then do you sacrifice that to try to be, to follow a passion and a dream and a vision that's not really gonna like create stability, but it'll feed your soul, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I personally, um, just my experience. I, I, I take the slow, I'm a slow, I'm a slug. I'm a mm. snail when it comes to like doing things or getting to where I want to be or, or having a vision and like going, pursuing that vision. Super slow. But I've taught myself to find kind of like just pretending that I'm already there. Like gives me joy. Like just pretending that I'm in the choir. Like I was in choir and I loved it. And it gave me. I do miss being in the choir. It, like it gave me, it made me feel so good and feel like we're all just singing and having like a just beautiful coming from our, vo beauty coming from our voices all together and like. Beautiful and coming. Beautiful coming everywhere. Coming beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> we're so gay we're so gay um, and <laughs> but like I would I would not mind being in a choir again you know and like feeling that again but, I know like, someone who wants to start a queer choir by the way they used to be a choir director oh well just saying if, I'll, if, tell them to send the invite but at the same time like I have these like visions where I want to be like you have a good voice too by the way not to derail this anyways continue <laughs> 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 just keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. Zoop, zoop, zoop. <laughs> wow, you're doing great. No more talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Just being wherever you're at, just kind of like finding the joy, even if it's just a vision, like being in the vision, you know? Like yeah. being in that like moment of dreaming. Yes. Like letting that energy in and letting it move you, but like, but then, so, what do you do with that vision, though? Like, how does one pursue that? Because that's, I, I don't... The best you can. Yeah. I don't know. It depends yeah. on everybody. It depends it's on, like, some people are better at yeah. bringing a vision or a goal into light than others, you know? And, yeah. like, I used to be so hard on myself for not reaching goals easily. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really struggling with that one. Like, but I got to a point where, I mean, I still kind of, like, little down on myself but like at the same time like i just got to a point where i'm like i don't give a fuck <laughs> like yeah. like i'm tired of being hard on myself for something that's like like okay like i procrastinate okay i you know struggle with getting goals and setting or or well i don't have i struggle with manifesting things you know yeah. in my life but at the same time like i'm happy like i get like i feel i don't know like i just the fact that i can have the imagination to have to see a vision I don't know that gives me that gives me joy like I don't necessarily have to be there tomorrow sure and sure. or even next year like I don't know I just I feel like it's a waste of waste of energy to beat yourself up over yeah I that you know that makes sense I I do often think about you know, the things that we both, I think that we are both 
quite active, involved, and talented in church. And you know, like I taught Sunday school, and I ran a youth group. I sing on the choir. I sang on the worship team. I played the piano. I spoke at the church. I did sermons. I, you know, ran ministries. I managed budgets. I put on events. I well, you can't say we anymore because I don't do half of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we both did a lot of things in church and learned a lot of skills. And I'm like, so I come out of that going like, man, I, you know, I forget that there's so much that we're capable of that I for some reason only equate to church and forget that like those are skills that can just be applied elsewhere you know yeah and so i you know i do i think uh, one of the detrimental things that comes from like coming out of religion is that you you incorrectly think that all of the things that you learned and experienced through church are left at the church when you leave it and that's just simply not true yeah. you know you take all of your experience all of your talents, all of the things that you learned, all of the things that you grew from, you take those with you. Mm -hmm. And you just realize that they're part of you, they weren't part of the church. Exactly. Like if you, you know? grew up in a, um, like, what's that fancy word? Secular? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you grew up in the secular, secular home, world, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then it's so funny. Just non religious. If you grew up in a non religious world, like, you'd still have talents, you still, you know, <laughs> and it not be hinged to anything but you because you learned them, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to it being gifts from God, you know? Yeah. Gifts of the Spirit. I love that. I love it. I'll give all glory to God. Uh, Why? He didn't fucking do anything. I did it. Tell the surgeon who went to school for yeah. fucking years yeah, exactly. and, and kicked his ass to get into where he or she needs to be. Uh, they just saved a life and they're like, oh, thank God. What do you mean, thank God? Thank I me, bitch. Exactly. I, <laughs> I worked hard I'm to save your, yeah. your sibling or family or whoever the fuck. <laughs> Outrageous. I worked very hard to be able to save your child. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's another thing that's so harsh is when you finally do accomplish something, then you have to give all the credit to Jesus. You yeah. Know? There was, I got into a point where, uh, when I was very religious, I got to a point where I started seeing that I would have been like, like I was one of those people who were like, actually, no. Let, like, we can, we can thank God, but also like, why can't we give credit to ourselves or give credit to other people? What does always have to, like, I think God would actually give credit to those people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So why not me? And then um, I tried to, like, tell that to my mom or something. I was like, you know, I think I'm on this side of that fence. And uh, <laughs> she was like, oh, my God. Oh my pride God. comes like, before a fall. Pride, 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 yeah, pride. pride. And yeah. no, you have to give all glory to God. And you have to be hopeless. You have to be empty. You have to be nothing. You have to be. Everybody's well, I guess I'll just sit on the couch for the rest of my life then, because and give all glory, to <laughs> give all glory to Jesus, because if He wants me to do something, then He can do it for me. Just <laughs> sit on the couch and wait till I die from cardiac arrest, and then I'll give glory to God for that. Give all glory to God. God takes credit for everything. God's all powerful. He can do anything. <coughs> don't sit on the couch and do nothing, because if God's not gonna just bring it to your front door, well, which one is it? <laughs> is He all powerful and can do anything and is gonna meet all my needs? Or do I have to go out and work for shit? Because if I'm going to go out and work for shit, then I'm going to get the credit is for he, it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, my God. The worst. If he's so powerful, then why the fuck does he need me? One of the worst. Or, like, uh, I got to also, I became a rebellious Christian at one point. I was kind of, like, because I was using critical thinking skills. So I started, like, you know, that was the beginning of yeah. my deconstruction, so to using speak. Using your brain, so. Yeah. Can't, can't love Jesus if you use your brain. But the one thing that gave me 
like was my pet peeve was and it just came from my mom constantly was God is in control and I'm just like well I hated it because you have this side where oh God is in control it's a it's one of those things where like when things go poorly or if you do something poorly it's like hands off like mm, we're gonna put we're just gonna be like oh God is yep, in control. Yep. And then on the other hand, uh, faith without works is dead. And, um, like, you have to do, do, do in order for things to happen. Or, or like, really, like, at the end of the day, God's not in control. And yeah. if he is, then he's doing Dude. a bad job. Oh, yeah. I had a conversation with a... Um, with a um, with a friend of mine during my deconstruction process. And, you know, I said, I can't, I can't believe in God because of all the stuff that's happened to me. And she said, well, what about, and she was being very respectful and just, you know, perspective. She was like, what if, well, what if God was the person who helped you through all those things? And I said, if I believe in God and I believe that he was the one that helped me through all those things, then I have to believe that he was okay with all of that happening to me when mm -hmm. he was fully capable of, preventing it mm -hmm. and i can't believe it if that. he's so omnipresent yeah. and so uh, like and she was like yep that's valid that makes sense and i was like yeah but like and then people rebuttal that with like um with uh free will the free will argument well god gave us the free will or you know everything happens for a reason no fuck that shit Fuck like that shit. Sexual you're gonna tell abuse. Me, yeah, you're going to tell me that sexual assault happens for a reason. What yeah. exactly part of my character oh, building? Oh, I. When Christians that. justify that. When Christians. When Christians try to, like, justify that and be like, oh, you know, God, like, did this to make you a better person or something. Like, like, like he actually was the one who. who I will hit you with I, my 10-pound rainbow fan, <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. Nothing pisses me off more than the Christians who want to justify uh rape or sexual assault in any way oh my god mm -hmm. it's i don't like i like i'm sorry i believe every person is valid except them <laughs> <laughs> you you know i hope everybody no has a good valid. night's sleep yeah, except, except that them person. i hope they <laughs> i hope, I hope they everything on their spit yes i hope everything bad that can happen to a person happens to you you are awful god no i hate it so much i hate that i hate that argument i think it's bullshit i mean I, I'm 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 gonna butcher this. So I'd highly recommend you like go look it up. But Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about this very concept when they talk about God and you know the belief that God is all powerful, um, and like He's all powerful and loving, and cares. Or s I can't remember how he words it, but he said, "When I hear that God, like, is all powerful and cares." But then I see a world full of starvation and abuse and assault and all of these horrible things. I think that, like, they can't exist at the same time. If God can change everything, he's either, God, like, God is either all-powerful and doesn't care about all of these things happening, or he's actually not all-powerful. But mm -hmm. he can't be both, Yeah, you know? He, because if he was all-powerful, then he just doesn't care that all of this bad shit is happening to people. Mm -hmm. But if he does care that all this bad shit is happening to people, then he's not all-powerful. Mm -hmm. But it can't be both ways, <coughs> you know? Because someone who has the ability to stop 
any and all tragedy for, for a, a humanity that he claims to care immensely about and then just doesn't. Yeah. Oh my God, like it's just like, like uh, anybody in some toxic religion who wants to deny that their child is trans, mm. you wanna have, you're gonna put faith in a God you've never seen before versus faith in a child who is right in front of you, mm -hmm. telling you that this is who they are. This is who they are. This is, or, you know, in any capacity in queerness, in any way, this is who they are, and they know it, and they feel it, and they're, it's them. And you want to disbelieve them. You want to doubt them. Oh, and But you're going to bring God into the picture, right? A God you've never seen. You're going to have more faith in something you've never seen before, just told to ha believe in. And but your your own physical child is standing in front of you, yeah. and you're not gonna have faith in them. And it's like, and before anybody starts to use the argument about society or they were exposed to it or blah blah blah, I was in a fucking cult. I didn't even know. I had no exposure. I didn't even know what a trans person was. I didn't know if trans people existed. I saw nothing gay, nothing queer, nothing. I was exposed to none of that. No reading material, no TV shows. We didn't even allow cussing in the house. Like there, I was exposed to none of that. I was still queer. Yeah. And I and I knew it. I'm still beyond the binary, and I knew it somehow. Like I knew I wasn't a man, and I knew I wasn't only attracted to, you know, cis women. Mm -hmm. So how did that happen? If yeah. it's just society, how did that happen? I didn't even know queer people existed. Yeah here I am, you know, one of them. So it's not, it's not society. It's not peer pressure. It's not a fad. Like it's part of, it's who they are. Yeah. They're just, society helps them, gives them language for it. That's it. Yeah. Society just gives them language for something they already know. Right. And fu I love that too. Language is very important. But uh, fun fact, uh, in the Torah or the Old Testament, there is uh, six to eight genders. That, so people who are writing the Torah um, using six to eight different genders, mm -hmm. describing, you know, while they're talking about somebody or whatever. Yeah. So, and then, of course, with the um, King's G King James Version, they wanted to dumb it down to two genders. Yeah. Um, but even back then... In a very religious and very like uh, hierarchy society, um, in that religious world back then, um, they had six to eight genders, and they just mm -hmm. they didn't see it as a fucking deal. No. They didn't see it as anything. Most cultures, most cultures. Oh my god! Yeah, understood that there are more than just two genders. Yeah, like that, like the whole male female gendered, like gender roles, marriage between one man, one woman, that is such a such a recent thing. Mm -hmm. Like such a very recent thing. People act like it's been like that since the beginning of time. It hasn't. No. It's a very new concept. It's just for manipulation and control. I mean, I'm not saying that people don't feel that way or that monogamous couples, monogamous, you know, hetero couples aren't real. I'm just saying that that's not the 
only way. That's yeah. not even the majority, mm-hmm. I would say. Like it's it's a very recent concept. Yeah. And and in most if not all cultures, it's understood that it's not just one man, one woman. It's not those aren't the only two genders that like it's it's common. Yeah. Yeah. So just educate yourself, people. Just like literally a little bit. That's all it takes. Look, <laughs> look past. Talk to anybody but your other people in church. You uh, know? Yeah, get out of your bubble. Jesus Christ. Open up your eyes for one fucking second. Like, uh, like let your let your mind just imagine that there might be a different way of thinking. One of the greatest things was going to the before I go too far. <laughs> yeah. The cult itself was not great. But going to the cult, moving all the way to California, yeah, um, in a, to a culture and to a different, th- being able to see different people live different lives than I'm so used to. I'm so used to conservative, small town, white, straight. This yeah. is the way it is. Um, you can't set out of these boundaries, right? And then I come here, and there's so many different people of like different walks of life, and people just expressing themselves in mm-hmm. different ways. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I never saw that before. Like, I remember the first trans woman I ever saw was in, actually in Louisville, when I worked at uh, Amazon. Oh, really? I worked at Amazon, and the the um, the person in training, or, or HR training in that kind of area, was a trans woman, a black trans woman. And I remember that was the first time, and I was like, whoa. And you know what's funny? I didn't, feel like I was still at that time this was actually what's crazy this was so this was after the cult I came out to California and I for some reason I just never noticed any trans women or whatever but there that was the first time I was like wow and you know what I didn't feel any like like she was amazing she was an amazing person she was so nice she was so sweet and I didn't feel like oh my god you know like I was still Christian then. I was still like fully in all this, and I just I saw her as a human being. Yeah, she just was. Yeah, just <laughs> but just so many, person, yeah, like so many people are like trained to think that uh, trans people or queer people in any capacity is just like non-human. Just don't. <coughs> it just must take so much. Like, you have nothing better in your life to do than to hate queer people. Like, isn't that exhausting? Don't you want to, like, <laughs> learn how to paint? Learn a hobby. <laughs> yeah, or, like, take pottery or, or <coughs> like, go to, like, write poems. Don't you want to do anything else but fucking focus your entire life on hating one group of people that couldn't care less if you existed or not? Yeah. Like, that, 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 that woman was, like, for years I heard my growing up with my dad homophobic slurs, transphobic slurs, like constantly, constantly. And so I got to a point where if I, especially trans people, I thought if I ever met a trans person, then I would just, I just felt like it was going to be one of those like, ugh, yeah, you know, feelings or like, but oh my God, I met her and she was amazing. And I was like, wow. Well, she very quickly just tore down all those yes. dumbass immediately, yeah, bullshit things my dad filled my head yeah. with, yeah, immediately just by being per. You want to talk about a house built on the sand? <laughs> yeah, you know that parable. Yeah, the <laughs> irony of that. Right. <coughs> well, we're about done here. <laughs> <laughs> We've done all we can do. We have <laughs> at We've least been. for two weeks. 
<laughs> we've hit our limits yeah. here. <laughs> um, this was amazing. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening live, if not, if you're listening on the podcast, thanks for that too. Um, we will be back in two. We will be back in two weeks. Um, if you would like to listen to some of our older episodes, you can on Google, Spotify, um, Google, Apple, Spotify, or Podbean. Um, at It's Our Turn, Queers and Colts. You can follow our Instagram at It's Our Turn Pod, and our email is It's Our Turn Pod at gmail.com if you'd like to email us with any questions, comments, or maybe you have a story you'd like to tell us. We would love to hear from you. Um, Thank you.